Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. Obviously, you know, I have to start with, with the main man, Fernando. Like, I was just having a quick look at his stats, you know. he We're only in, what, not even halfway through the year and he's already got over 4,500 winners and over $16 million in prize money from his runners. Does that still blow your mind? Yeah, it blows my mind all the time. He just keeps breaking record after record, Fernando. He's, he's certainly a freak. His record last year... Um, was twenty three and a half million uh, roundabouts, and this year, yeah, he's on target. Well, for close to thirty two million, isn't he? If he keeps going the way he's going, so far, yeah. And you know, he's he's runners. He's got a seventeen percent win rate, but forty seven percent place rate. So nearly half of his runners, are, you know, finishing in the money, which is just unreal. Yeah, well, when you've got to um, as many starters, it's strike rates with. Um, with dogs that have multiple um, competitors, I guess, in every race, um, their strike rate's obviously going to come down. Like if you have two of the eight dogs and one of them wins, you're only going to get a 50% strike rate as opposed to one of the eight, you get a 100% strike rate. Yeah. So when you consider the amount of dogs that he has going around, you know, every day um, and the amount of times there's multiple dogs in normal races or even group races where he's had, you know, just dominated fields, um, yeah, to still have a 17% strike rate, um yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty crazy. And also, I think where he stands apart, um, you know, dogs like him, obviously, um, is, is the fact that they consistently throw group group winners, you know. I've, I've lost count how many he's got. I get updates from Adam at the recorder all the time, and it just it's like it changes every single week. And, I mean, it's 100 and something, I think. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's, something, it's something phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, the amount of group winners he's had, it's just just insane, really. So, yeah, and I think that's what, what sets him apart. You know, lots of dogs can throw fast dogs and, um, you know, young dogs that win in low-grade races in fast time and all that sort of thing. But to step up that group one level where the pressure's the hardest, um, you know, particularly in open-class racing, yeah, you've certainly got to throw those dogs that are tough. How, um, you know, how do you keep up with the demand? for him like it just must be insane it is we well uh, michelle's got a waiting list there for people um we we've only been doing um bitches on season um i'm not sure how long now but it's been a while uh and and even now we're we're at the end of the second quarter of 2021 and he's just about sold out um normally by now he would have sold out um, but yeah, it's it's normally pre-sold, like through the breeding season and that sort of thing. As we're getting it, it's already sold. So yep. yeah, That's pretty amazing. crazy. Like, yeah, he's done over a thousand a thousand girls so far, wow. um, which is um, you know pretty insane considering you know I don't know how long his dog's been racing. It's only a few years, I think, yeah. four or five years. But I mean, he's still going strong. Um, we're still filling quotas of you know fifty four a quarter with him. Um, which yeah, is, is pretty insane. So he's going to be around for a, for a while. Yeah, we've still we've still got plenty put away in storage uh, for a rainy day when when his fertility finishes or he passed away. Um, so yeah, you'll see lots more Fernandos racing around for years to come. We always like everybody, you know, with with his early speed, obviously, and what he did on the racetrack. You know, everyone was really excited when he went 
you know, eventually to stud. And, you know, everyone sort of said, yeah, you know, he's going to throw some nice dogs, but he's just become, you know, the, the sire of the century pretty much. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people say he's the greatest of all time. And that's the thing too, I guess, when when he went to study, you know, their, their maidens really, you don't know what they're going to throw. Um, is he going to be anything like himself? Is yeah. he going to throw those dogs, you know, or, or is he going to, you know, throw, throw nothing? You, you don't know really. And I guess the frightening thing with him is, is how good a race dog he was to be one of the best of all time, but then to be, you know, the greatest stud dog of all time or one of the greatest, Um as well, it's it's pretty hard for for others to to emulate him, isn't it? Yeah. Like to, to be a better sire than he, like you got to be a better race dog and a, and a better sire. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard to do both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, without being you know too biased, do you have a, a favourite um, son or daughter of his that's running around that you like to follow? Yeah, I've always uh, I follow all their offspring to be honest. Um, particular metropolitan racing in particular and group racing, I always watch those races and set um, timers in my phone. I love watching um, all their offspring race. Um, I guess uh, recent time Tommy Shelby is is uh, one that's taken my eye. I've sort of watched him from from a puppy in, in WA and just watched him progress through you know through racing interstate against against the top dogs. But you know, I really love a dog like Poke the Bear. Um, it's a shame he didn't have any testicles. I think he would have made a really top stud dog. He's from a great damn line. But, I mean, there's heaps of good ones. My Redeemer was a great dog. You know, I was a, a big fan of his. Um, yeah, Fernando's thrown so many good ones. You know, Tornado Tears, he, he was a champion. Um, so, yeah, he, he, you could go on forever. There's a list of yeah, pretty yeah, long that's list right. of dogs that have, you know, say one over 100,000. He's thrown so many dogs like that that have, yeah been successful and um like you just mentioned my redeemer it's his offspring now that are starting to make their market start as well which is amazing it is yeah it's fantastic to see that now and the same with Barsha you know he's he's just been um been incredible for the amount of quality offspring he's had um you know he's done over 1500 girls um now now Barsha um And, you know, he just continually throws those group dogs the same thing, same as Fernando. They're just group size and, and metropolitan size. They just, for some reason, they run five to 700, a lot of the, you know, the majority probably of their offspring. Um, and, and they get around the two turns quickly, which is where the money is. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you get asked a lot, um, you know, because you've obviously, uh, you've got the four ones there, you've got Fernando, Barcia, um, Orson Allen and Fabregas, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. that's the four we've got currently. Do you get sort of inquiries as if to say, okay, you know, which one do you think I should go to? Um, we do, but to be honest, we never give breeding advice. Um, that's one thing we like to leave up to, you know, other people like David Brash or, yep. you know, someone that, that specialises in pedigrees. We, we'd rather they got advice from a third party yep. than from us and then, say, ring us in 18 months or two years and say, you know, you said to go to, you know, whatever, Fernando yep. Bale, for example, <laughs> that they're, they're no good. Um, and, yeah, I, I learned that years ago. Just yes. we, we all love our own dogs um, and we all think they're great, but, yeah, it's a decision that I want the breeder to make, you know, on their own with advice from other people, not from us. Yep. And, I mean, you know, Fabregas and, you know, Orson Allen coming through as well, particularly Fabregas, you know, when I was talking to David Brash before, you know, we both said he's quite an underrated sire, you know. He sort of gets overshadowed by, you know, the other two fellas, but he's thrown some nice dogs in his own right. 
He certainly has, yeah. For, and, and that's another thing. When he first went to start, he threw group winners straight off the bat. And and they're the size that I really like to see, you know, even if they're age-restricted races in group company. But the good size usually shines through pretty early in their career, as long as they get a fair chance. You know, let's face it, a lot of dogs don't get a fair chance and they don't get, you know, quality matrons to, you know, to help. And, and then you get the really good rearers and trainers and the whole package is fantastic. Um but Fabregas had had a great chance um, from the moment he went to stud. Um, he he was just busy straight away. Um, he only had 13 starts. He obviously won 12 of them. Um, group one winner as a you know 22 month old puppy. Um, he, he was a fantastic dog. And, and to be honest, like I look back and I would love to have seen him race a lot more. But uh, at the time, Bombastic Shiraz uh, had had recently uh, finished his his stud career. Yeah. Uh, and I found over the years the it's all about timing with stud dogs. Yeah. So, you know, have they got a commercial pedigree that's wanted at that time? You know, did they finish their career on a high? You know, they've got a great temperament. All those sorts of things come into play. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he just he's, – he's thrown, yeah, a share of group winners. He's not busy now. Um, but I agree with you. He, he's underrated 100%. And what's, um, what's a typical life in the day of a stud dog? Is it pretty um, – is it pretty cruisy? It is a pretty great life, I tell you. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing too stressful. Um, yeah, they they get let out into their paddock every day, and you know they'll they'll exercise in the morning, and um, you know they get they get let out all through the day. Sometimes I leave them out in their day yards if it's a nice day, sitting in the sun. They might chew a bone. Um, the the busy dogs um, like Fernando Bar, for example, he'll get collected twice a week. Yep. So I tend not to overdo it. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, just you just want good quality product, obviously, um, not to overwork them. And um, yeah, and and that's that's probably another thing uh, being a stud master too that you've got to sort of know what you're doing in particular with busy dogs. Um, you know, it's it's easy to collect a dog once a month, for example, and and get a sample and and, and get a couple of vials or a few vials. Um, it, that that's no issue. But to manage dogs uh, that are busy twice, you know, needing to be collected twice a week to meet demand, you know, keeping their libido going. Um, and obviously they're, you know, they're seeming in good nick. Um, yeah, you sort of got to know what you're doing when they're, when they're busy dogs. And I saw a photo um, that Michelle popped up the other day of your, I suppose, laboratory facilities. Is that um, obviously, you know, storage and all that sort of stuff? You know, people just think, oh, yeah, you, you sell a straw and away you go. But it's, it's, a big, um, it's a big process, isn't it? Yeah, there is a lot to it. Um, we're pretty... Um, pedantic about the way we do things too um probably hence our name meticulous um i've always been yeah a bit of a perfectionist um so now i've got yeah things like um the casa androvision um the computer assisted semen analysis machine which is fantastic it's just basically a you know highly precise automated system that's computer semen you know analyzed so it's just very accurate um you just put a sample in and it basically reads everything for you you just take different fields of the microscope of a, of a picture and it, and it analyzes that and then puts all the information together and yeah gives you the stats and you can print out reports and yep. yeah it's fantastic we record you know everything all the all the pre-freeze motility for example um you know all the um, the semen counts, so the, the semen concentration, how many million there are per mil, um, take photos of the total volume, so the complete ejaculate, we do all of that. We do all the morphology, which is just your abnormal and normal uh, semen. We, we um, 
yeah, video, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, your, your post-thaw motility, which is really important, obviously, how it comes out of the freeze, um, yep. which is the, the end product that gets implanted uh, into the girls. So, yeah, no, there's a, there's a bit to it. Um, but, yeah, we, um, yeah, we love it. Yep, and obviously, you know, when you get those um, Group 1 dogs, you know, by your size, it must um, must be very rewarding too for yourself and Michelle. Oh, it is. Like I said, I, I set my alarm every day to watch races pretty much, you know. <laughs> I, I check the fields, you know, every day. I, I look out youngsters coming through and, and, and all the seasoned dogs and, and I really, really still love watching the dogs even though I don't train them myself anymore. Um, yeah, we had a great time training dogs. I've, I've been at 32 years. And started as a young kid in a backyard with, with, with a couple of dogs, so you know we we started off started off there, and yeah, it's crazy where it's ended up. This was always my dream to to get a stud dog that made it, and and to have the yeah the success we've had. It's been been a great journey. Yeah, it's amazing. Now you've got um, now you've got four good ones, so you must sort of pinch yourself every day. <laughs> Yeah, like, let's hope Orson Allen is only a baby. His pups yeah. have only just started racing recently. So, yeah, still up in the air. Like I said before, they've, they've got to throw the group winners. Um, and, you know, they're, they're the size that people people tend to tend to want. Um, you know, if, if they're quiet into their third year at stud, um, you usually don't get momentum back and, and, yeah, they don't tend to make it. So, yeah, hopefully he keeps he's, – he's certainly gotten busier in the last few months, so – Hopefully that keeps going and we start to see, see his pups at the highest level. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.